Hey, this is Nikki Rapp, the voice of Lily from Telltale's The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Entertainment Talk's The Walking Dead's UK podcast. Welcome to the Walking Dead UK podcast. It's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Walking Dead on AMC and Star on Disney Plus. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How's it going? I'm doing well, thanks. Good. Uh, this is for season eleven, episode five, "Out of the Ashes," which is a very post-apocalyptic type of title. <laughs> um, what did you think of this episode? Uh, I enjoyed it actually. Um, th- they did what they haven't really done up until this point, which was jump between the Commonwealth, the Maggie stuff, and um, the stuff that was going on in Alexandria. Which I-, I wasn't sure how well that managed to balance all the three plot lines, but they they seem to do it reasonably well by focusing, I think, slightly more on maybe the Commonwealth side of things. Um, and 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 sort of Alexandria with a little bit of the Maggie stuff put in just so you kind of got to catch up with people. They weren't doing it overly evenly, which I think sort of worked okay. Um you know, and I, I think it was about time that we went back and saw a bit more of the Commonwealth. You know, we've been missing that for the last couple of episodes where we kept, caught up with everybody else. So I think it, it balanced out all right. Um Commonwealth is the thing that interests me more than anything else, I think at the moment, uh, you know, the other areas here are a bit kind of mopey of sort of, you know, you got some good set pieces in the Alexandria stuff with the zombies breaking in and things, but, um, I'm, what I'm really interested in is where things are going with the Commonwealth more than anything else at the moment. Okay. Um, yeah, apart from a couple of like structural issues to this episode, I really, really enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, I thought, all all of the content of the episode I really really liked. Um, some of the time I did think that they sort of cut and jumped around a little bit too much. Um, so yeah, but if, if you want to know what I mean about like structural issues, I, I did an episode a while ago. I think it was analyzing television episode eight, where I talked about why structure is important for TV. But I think if you just watch this episode, you can kind of see some of those things. Basically, it's to do with sort of ending scenes. Not necessarily t- slightly too early, but having scenes that are a bit shorter, and sometimes if things jump literally jump around a bit too much between scenes, it can just create a bit of like a structural ish- issue to the episode. But um, yeah, um, some of my favorite stuff was with Judith and the kids because I've we've been wanting like some more of that. And, I did like that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, and I noticed almost straight away. I know we only got the scene for like five seconds, but when Judith is doing the sword training, I was like, oh, her mum probably taught her that. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that and thought, this is exactly what I kind of, and I know the scene only lasted like five seconds, so there's there's some stuff to dig out from that, but it just didn't last very long. Um, I'm thinking that, okay, that's kind of what I was talking about with like passing the torch. Like Michonne's not on the show. She's not dead or anything. She's just gone somewhere else. And like she, not only has she been taught 
how to fight with the sword from her mum, which again is the kind of passing the torch thing, uh, she's teaching the other kids how to do it. And we've also got mm-hmm. a bit more of a sort of uh, formed group with that because we've got like Gracie, Herschel Jr., um, uh, RJ and uh, Judith. So we've got like a little group of those characters. I thought this episode helped establish that group a little bit more because we saw it with yeah. the episode with the horses, which I think was two episodes ago. And you saw them in a little group and they were talking about like the food that they have to eat and things like that. So a lot of those scenes that we're getting are pretty good. And Judith has to deal with like bullying in this episode. Well, basically bullying mm-hmm. or kids not doing as they're supposed to do. Which is funny because those kids are clearly older than her. But Judith is the more mature one and she's like, what, 13 years old. And those kids are supposed to be, what, 16, 17? Yeah, roughly. something like that, yeah, so, uh, o- Older teenagers. Um, it just shows you that sometimes older people aren't more mature, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. So, uh, but I really like that. Um, I was quite interested in the Carol stuff with Aaron. There's some things to talk about there. Um, yeah, the Commonwealth stuff was really good. I tell you what, that scene where Yumiko finds her brother is kind of a copy and paste of the one from the comic book. That's pretty much exactly how that happens. Oh, right. With, with, with a cake. Be- I think a cake is dropped and everything else like that. But in th- in that situation, it's Michonne and her daughter, whose name isn't coming to mind. But uh, yeah, as, as soon as Yumiko walked into that shop, I was like, oh, this is probably going to be the scene because this looks exactly the same. Uh, yes. It's even like the same bakery shop and all that, I think. So, Yeah. Because um, even though sometimes when the shows struggle to come up with orig- original re- material, when they do things like that where it's like ripped straight out of the comic book, uh, it often is pretty good. So, and this is one that's like ripped straight out of the comic book, almost scene for scene, but just switching up with the characters because you don't have the other two. So, uh, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that as well later. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode, and you had a good little cold open that we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, I'll tell you why I enjoyed the cold open when we actually get to talk about it. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really good episode, I thought. And um, I don't know, there's, there's there's a lot of interesting things going on. Like you've got the Commonwealth, you've got the kids kind of growing up. And then you've got like this whisper situation at the hilltop. Um, but uh, it, But as I said, it didn't quite all glue that well, like together scene wise. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I would agree. I mean, see, I was, al- I was almost going to say I'd agree with you that the Commonwealth is more interesting, but I liked a lot of the things in the episode. So, um, yeah, but I, I get why you would say that the Commonwealth is one of the more interesting ones. It's obviously like the newest thing and, uh, you've got like this government group to kind of deal with and stuff. So, uh, it's, uh, it's really good, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but yeah, this kind of, uh, I think I mentioned last week with the whole momentum of the season being kind of halted with the Daryl episode. This kind of sprung the momentum back again. Yeah. Um, Which has kind of been the way that Walking Dead has done some of its seasons. It will build up a bit of momentum, give you a bottle episode, and then go back to building momentum again. So, so yeah. But uh, I think that's all the pre-talk that we've got. Um, We've got plenty to talk about with the recap, and we'll get into some specifics. Let's do some housekeeping first, and then we'll jump into the episode after that. See you in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're 
getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, we got back to the gaming podcast yesterday uh, on that podcast. We talked about Crash Bandicoot and the mystery that's going on there. Uh, the Wampa League game, which is supposed to be in development but hasn't been announced yet. And there's a bunch of random weird cryptic tweets from the Crash Bandicoot account. So we went over some of that. Some of those twi- tweets of which have been deleted. So, mm. weird. Yeah. Uh, they were doing a kind of um, breakdown of Crash's history because for those of you that don't know, uh, on the 9th of September, which was a couple of weeks ago, it was Crash Bandicoot's 25th anniversary. And they started breaking down like, hey, in 1996 and all this, and then they broke broke down each of the years. Uh, I couldn't find those tweets anymore, so don't know what's going on there. Lo- lots and lots of weird things going on there. Uh, we also talked about the uh, Quantic Dream developer, who's the ones that did uh, like Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, Detroit Become Human, are potentially working on a Star Wars game. So uh, we talked about uh, what that could be, what me and Robert would actually want from that, and how that fits into the description of what the game might be, as opposed to what Quantic Dream normally does with their game. So that uh, mm. that could be pretty cool. But as I said to Robert, Star Wars is a very yeah. flex. Star Wars is a very flexible IP. You can do quite a lot of different things with it, as we'll probably see with the Star Wars Visions TV show. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, because it's not all about Luke and lightsabers. You know, there's, there's other things. So. Um, and then we talked about some uh, not so great updates to the Switch. An awkward kind of like Bluetooth dongle sort of thing that you can now get, which you need another adapter thing for. It's Nintendo being Nintendo. Uh, don't forget that N- Nintendo's a company that deleted their own game off their Switch store after six months for no reason. So, yeah. 
never have weird company. But anyway, that's this week's Gaming Talk episode. Uh, Analyzing Television episode 13 came back with that. And I talked about TV adverts and uh, watched some on the podcast. Pointed out the good ones and the bad ones. Some of them often distracting from their actual goal. Some of them trying to be too cute. Some of them having like big musical numbers when you don't need them. And I also pointed out two specific examples. One that's really good and one that's really bad. Um, Because some adverts just aren't very good. Some of them are, but some of them are pretty terrible. So uh, I took a chance to talk about some of those. So just changing gears a little bit with that. Uh, over on the United cast, Man United beat West Ham by two goals to one in very dramatic fashion. Uh, our goalkeeper saved the penalty in the last minute to keep the game at 2-1. And uh, it's one of those intense, beautiful football moments. Uh, Manchester United play against West Ham again today, but in a different competition. So that will be later tonight as well. Uh, Varin won't be able to join me for that episode. We've already talked about that. But he did join me for that podcast, so you can listen to that. Over on to Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, uh, Season 2, Episode 10. The show continues to be just incredible, just extraordinary, no pun intended, and uh, just just brilliant in lots and lots of different ways. I can't even use a, use a word to uh, describe how, how good that show is. Uh, it does start for the UK on E4 this upcoming Monday, which is the 27th, is that right? Monday? This this upcoming Monday. Uh, next week, Monday. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah, to on, me. On, uh, on E4. So you can go and check out those podcasts. Uh, Superman and Lois, uh, we're up to Season 1, Episode 10. The next podcast will be for 115, which will be the season finale. So look out for those. Uh, the American Coach is still going on. That's for Ted Lasso, Season 2, Episode 9. I'll talk about all the Emmy stuff on Friday when the next episode comes out. So that's continuing on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, but obviously they've won a bunch of Emmys this week as well, which is cool. Uh, did a list uh, for those of you that like zombie stuff, which not everybody that watches this show actually does like zombies. They just like the characters and whatnot. But uh, I did a list called Top 5 Best Zombie TV Shows. Uh, is The Walking Dead in there? Is it not? It might not be. Just because it's Walking Dead doesn't mean it's all going to be in there. And don't forget there's three Walking Dead shows and they're not all on that list. So uh, you can have a listen to that podcast and see what ended up in what spots. So uh, I might do a top five worst zombie TV shows. I can think of a few. So we'll see. Uh, but that list has done very, very well anyway. Uh, speaking of zombies, I did a must-see review for the Kingdom prequel film. It's called Ashen of the North, and it's basically a backstory thing for Ashen, talking about her or dis- discovering her backstory. It was really, really good, really, really good to fit that into the uh, the franchise of the ki- of Kingdom and everything. That's on Netflix if you want to check that out, as well as the first two seasons. Gave that a must-see rating, and that is yeah, that's everything we've been doing on EntertainmentTalk.org. You can also find us on podcast platforms. Uh, let's get into the recap for 11.05 out of the ashes. Uh, so as I usually say that I uh, take the recap from Charlie Mason over on TV line. I've got some of that and some of the Wikipedia uh, recap. Again it's all down to whatever, whichever I prefer to, to read because I'm the one that's doing that. So uh, we'll just go on with what I've got here. A cold open after a stylized prologue in which Aaron and Grace were stalked in his nightmares by wolves, whisperers and pretty much everything in between. Out of the Ashes sent our one-armed protagonist to the ruins of the hilltop with Carol, Lydia and Jerry in hopes of retrieving tools to fix Alexandra's increasingly flimsy walls. Uh, so yeah, it's Aaron and Gracie out in the, in the woods and there's all sorts of different types of enemies, wolves, whisperers a bunch of other people uh you could tell pretty much straight away that this was a dream sort of thing just the way it just the way it looked the way it was being filmed and also the way it was sort of like okay we suddenly jumped to aaron and gracie in the woods like how did we get here 
Uh, he gets stabbed to death in the dream, but of course he's not actually dead, which is good. Um, it's more about, I suppose, his fear of like looking after her and and that sort of thing, and because he's he's more concerned about Gracie than himself, and uh, he does end up dying in the dream. Um, they do say that if you die in dreams, you die in real life, but that's never been proven, I suppose. No. But uh, yeah, what do you think of this little dream sequence opening thing? I I, I didn't really mind it really as a dream sequence goes. No. I- it was fun. It was it was interesting. You know, the I, I kind of twigged it was a dream sequence pretty quickly because you know he was he was surrounded by kind of the you know a savior because there was the whistle and then you got the whisperers and then you got a zombie and then so it was kind of obvious that it was a dream sequence. Um, I it's interesting with Aaron because I get the impression that. A lot of, uh, I mean, the, the Andrew Lincoln's leaving, I think, has been Ross Marquand's gain. Because I rather think that a lot of the things that they're putting onto Aaron are, are scenes which have, would have gone to Rick. Possibly, like things yeah. like this, I think, would have been something. And the, the there are things that come across with Aaron that make me think that I a lot of this stuff would would have ended up being rick scenes um you know i i i don't know i i don't know what it is specifically but i i think he's taking i i mean i don't know what where it was at this point in the comic books but i i kind of think that it it seems that a lot of the the stuff which would have gone on to rick's character i think have got has ended up going on to aaron's character and i mean aaron arguably is the closest to the actual comic book rick because he's the one that got his hand chopped off so yeah it sort of makes sense yeah it's interesting with aaron because in the book rick does lose his hand the -hmm. same way that not the same way that aaron does in in the comics it's like the governor chops his hand off i think uh i think I, i think kirkman admitted once it was a case where he just got a bit too carried away with making the governor seem evil Yes. Uh, sort of thing, because he, he did say that he regretted cutting off Rick's hand. Um, not because of any CG stuff. It uh, it was obviously it was a book, so he can just draw it in, uh, or Charlie Adler can just draw it in. Um, but it was a case where like it made the character slightly less able to do certain things, and he, yeah. he did say that he regretted that. It's interesting the difference with the like the actual hand injury, because <clears throat> in the book, obviously, you can just draw whatever you want. Like it's not going to cost you more money to draw something but in the show instead of Aaron walking around with just being handless or that that, that particular arm they always put something on it so it's obviously yeah. always a case where um what's his name Ross uh Ross is probably just holding you know like the mace thing or whatever <clears throat> so instead of having to use like CG and like green screen stuff or whatever they need to do you simply just cover his hand so it's yeah. much much easier to to do that way, which I guess they could have done in the TV show, but given the fact that going back to the original comment that Kirkman regretted cutting off Rick's hand, I don't think that was ever going to happen to Rick in the show. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean this was all way before like the the lawsuit and stuff, and Kirkman went off to Amazon and did Invincible. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's just interesting the difference there because I don't remember. I mean, I've, I'm about up to this point in the comics. I'm trying to sort of like gradually read in front of where the show is, so I sort of know the next part, but not like the ending. Ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's basically what I'm trying to do. Uh, which I I didn't read any last week because we had the Daryl episode, so <laughs> and, and none of that happened. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting with like how 
all that sort of uh worked out with um with Aaron so but yeah even as far as like um Aaron's facial features with like the beard and stuff that's a little bit like what Rick looks in the yeah. in the comic books uh the funny thing is so at, at this point in the book with Rick um he's almost like a Herschel type figure he doesn't really get involved in action he hasn't lost his leg I know the Herschel lost his leg in the show um it's basically just a point where um I think at one point Rick got like badly beaten up or something I can't quite remember but he ended up on crutches or like one crutch or something like that and he walks around with that and but his legs are like fine he's still walking around it's uh he's just kind of referred to as like an old man Rick sort of thing but basically it turns him into like a more mentor figure than a like action hero kind of person Mm -hmm. um so which isn't what's happened to Aaron he's very much involved in the action and stuff and I think the interesting difference there is, of course, Aaron like hasn't had any sort of bad, apart from his hand, like bad. He's able to walk around and do lots of different things. Uh, it's almost like an upgrade on that version of Rick because in the show, not only can Aaron like hold a gun in one hand and a mace in the other, he's also got like a mace or whatever they choose to to give him. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's it it's a funny yeah. I I agree with what you said as well. It's it's pretty much sort of. Uh, Aaron being given some of Rick's story, which is perfectly fine. I think Ross has handled it really well, and I think he he did here as well. So, so let, let's say for example, if Rick was still in the show, do you think this would be like a? Uh, oh, it depends if Carl would would still hypothetically be there. Um, do you think it would be like Rick having a nightmare about like Judith or something? Yeah, that I, I think that's probably what it would have been. I mean that there are there was points, and like when they go to. Um, hilltop later on i did there was very much things in those scenes where i was thinking this is it's like he's channeling something that would come from rick um you know and uh, i i just think that because that character's not there it just feels very much like this is the sort of thing that that would have come from rick and um you know but obviously because he's not there it's gone to aaron and um you know he's very much coming out as sort of the the de facto leader of that group and the the sort of person that wants to um protect alexandria and is determined to stay there regardless of what happens you know they they're very they come across as very sort of rick things you know yeah um, yeah so i i just i get the feeling that you know Aaron wouldn't be such a big character had um, Andrew decided not to leave. And I, I love Ross McQuan. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy that it's turned out the way it is. And it was yeah, entirely yeah. Andrew's, Andrew's decision to go. So I don't think it's hurt the show in any way. Um, and I, I think Aaron's a great character, you know, so um, I, I think it works. I just found it interesting that, mm. you know, while I was watching it, I was like, this is coming across as very sort of, you know um, a rick substitute kind of uh, role but um you know like i say there's nothing wrong with that it's fine yeah it's interesting looking back on like i think it happened in the season nine premiere we knew that rick was going obviously the writers knew like everybody knew because it was public knowledge um when season nine started that was the episode where aaron actually lost his his hand because mm-hmm. uh, it was from the the logs um accident or whatever so right yeah because he got it got too infected or whatever it was um so it's all it almost was just like okay we haven't got rid of rick, we haven't got rid of rick's hand so let's do that to aaron 
when Rick is in the process of leaving. So yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Um, there's a bit after this cold open that isn't quite included here, but it's to do with the the walls basically. As collapsing. You start start falling down, yeah. Mm. And uh, Aaron's trying to like push a walker off and all this kind of stuff. And I I thought that was really good. That was, um, because then the next bit I've got is about uh the actual wall being breached and Judith going over there. But we'll talk about that uh, in a second. Uh, yeah, it's a bit after the cold open to do with these flimsy walls and things, um, where. Yeah, there's they're fighting to get the wall back up and everything, and it's one of them simple things for the Walking Dead where sometimes, like in terms of my opinion and what I like from the show, obviously people have their their different ideas and things. Sometimes you can just throw in like an interesting little zombie set piece like that, like hey, the walls have come down. I think Jerry noticed it or something, didn't he? Yeah, and like hey, zom- zombie breach, and you know something just as simple as that. It didn't need to be like a massive arc thing where zombies have invaded Alexandra or anything crazy like that. So it's just a very simple like hey some walkers have breached not like a massive horde but some of them have you get rid of them quickly and then you put the wall back up for now but then it sets up sort of all the hilltop stuff later uh, I thought it was just like a nice and simple little zombie set piece uh, what do you think of that little bit yeah um, I, I think it is quite a nice little set piece and I, one thing that I'm not entirely sure about is is why the walls are so flimsy suddenly i mean you know we know that alexandria got invaded by um the uh, whisperers obviously and they breached a number of points but um so maybe this is a point where it was something they patched up and they hadn't managed to patch it up properly because they hadn't got the correct tools i mean that's possibly mm, where they're, they're getting to um because, I mean, Alexandria was fairly secure up until the point that the Whisperers came in. Um, so, I, there's, I mean, I, I guess it must have been something that they'd, they'd patched up and that's why it fell down again, because they hadn't got the tools to actually make the proper kind of repairs to put it back together, I, I would assume. Mm. Um, because, yeah. I mean, Alexandria had stood for however long prior to the Whisperers coming in. So, yeah. you know... Do you think it might just be like wear and tear on that particular part? But of the yeah, gate? I thought the. Nope. Um, maybe, maybe I, I but the, yeah, that that I have a bit more of a problem with because I mean, once it's up, you'd think it would be kind of you know it, it stood for years before the whisperers came in. So I I assume it's a bit that the whisperers damaged and they'd had to repair and hadn't got the tools to repair it, which is why they end up having to go to Hilltop to try and get some proper tools. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but just after this, uh, at, at Alexandria, uh, part of the wall falls down and walkers breach the community, but are put down. Uh, Judith is teaching the children, so this is slightly after all that, uh, teaching the children of the community how to protect themselves. So you see a glimpse of like Grace or Gracie, RJ, and uh, who's the other one? Herschel Jr. Um, they they've all got sort of these like uh, wood, it's like these safe wooden swords, and she's got her proper like katana. I thought that was cool. She's like yeah. the, she's the teacher of the group. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't last very long. Um because uh some of the some teenagers start provoking the walkers because they're a bunch of idiots uh through the the hole in the wall there's like a little gap that's broken out uh judith runs over to stop them but they refuse to listen to her because they think that they're cool um there's a bit later on with the house uh what did you first think when these teenagers started messing about and they're trying to like muck about with a walker and like trying to they're trying to like tease their hand to it or 
whatever's going on. Stupid bunch of oh, kids. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, yeah. It's the same reaction as you. Idiots. I mean, all it takes is one of them to mistype that, get bitten, and that's it. Yeah. You're dead. Basically. So, you know, um, or you've, you're either dead or you've got to go run to somebody to have your finger chopped off. Mm. I mean, just stupid. Really, really stupid. So, um, yeah. And then the interaction between the teens and uh, Judy, I thought, was just great. You know, <laughs> that mm. was really good. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's almost like, yeah, they'd need to go over to Aaron or whatever and be like, hey, I need my hand chopped off. Why do you need your hand chopped off? Because I messed about with a bunch of walkers. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I suppose, luckily, uh, they don't get bitten. I mean, these these are like nameless, just teenage characters. So we we don't have any feelings towards them necessarily. Um, and then there's a bit later in a house, uh, Judith finds the handprints uh, Carl made with her on the broken desk. Uh, so this was at the, this must have been some point in season. This was when Judith was younger, wasn't she? Because you never had Kaylee and Chandler on screen together, did you? So, no. um, yeah, they made this uh, handprint on a broken deck um, thing, and uh, immediately suspect the teenagers, though they deny it. Judith uh, confines in Rosita about how she feels. Uh, like everything around everyone is leaving her sorry but Rosita tells her not to worry offering to help her put the pieces of this wooden thing back together um yeah I remember these scenes in this obviously it must have been in season eight because Cole died halfway through season eight um yeah I remember they did these little handprint things and it was the younger version of uh of Judith and she remembers him and stuff. This was a this is one of the better ways to call back to Carl. I mean, it's a bit sad and everything. Like yeah. Carl's dead, and you you can totally understand where Judith's coming from. I mean, she's supposed to be what like thirteen or so years old. I think that's how old Kay- Kaylee is. Um, and uh, yeah, like her dad's left. He, he's kind of like presumed dead, but not confirmed dead. Michonne like went off to 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 go and find him, and then yeah, she's got like her brother there. Um, but like, you know, her other brother that she met, but doesn't maybe quite remember or somewhat remembers is like also dead as well. Um, so yeah, she's, she's only kind of got like one of her family members left while two others are sort of like just missing in action, uh, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, but I, I thought these see all these scenes with Judith were, were fantastic. Um, I think it's really quite interesting and quite good how good she is of a, of an actress at, uh, at like 13 years old or whatever um she, she's had some some of these sort of scenes before where she's confided in different characters and that's kind of what i'm talking about as well this whole sort of like next generation idea thing that i keep talking about and uh, other people were mentioning it this week as well saying like hey can we get like a spin-off with the four of the the kids you couldn't yeah. run a whole you couldn't run a whole show with them as the lead you'd have to have other characters but um it's again it's that thing of like judith's got some things going on she's got some feelings about it bring in an older character like rosita somebody who's also been through some things you know she kind of watched somebody that she loved get her head get his head bashed in front of her and other things that have happened and like everything with sadiq and all those other sorts of things um get her to come over and like confine in judith i thought i thought these scenes were fantastic uh, apart from obviously the stupid kids but that serves its own particular purpose so um, yeah, what do you think of these scenes with uh, Judith? Yeah, um, I, I, I like these scenes um, well enough. I mean, you know, it's it's nice to sort of get some of the emotional stuff in there. And, um, you know, I remember the, the scenes as well with Carl. Um, it's, 
I, I sort of agree. It would be interesting to see a show with those kids. Maybe not right now, but you know, in as something that because by the time the show's finished, I mean she's thirteen, fourteen now. So you're going to be looking. She's going to be fifteen by the time the the entire run is finished. She's going to be fifteen, sixteen, and so you're getting to a point where they could film a show which had them as sort of 17, 18 year olds, mm. um, you know, 50, sort of 14 to 18 across that sort of group of children. Um, you could have quite an interesting show with that group as a sort of, I don't know, kind of Goonies in the uh, Walking Dead world would right. be a sort of interesting way of doing yeah. it where they have to go off on an adventure sort of thing. That would be quite a fun thing to do, as even if you only did it as a kind of spin-off, one-off thing like they did with World Beyond or, or something like that, you know. Um, mm. And maybe yeah. you could mix and match it. Well, yeah, once you've once you've got all those characters together, I mean, we don't know where the show's going to end, so we don't know whether it's going to end with them all in the Commonwealth. We don't know whether you know all these characters are going to survive because, as we said before, children generally don't do too well in The Walking Dead. So, I mean, we don't know exactly where this is going to end up. But I, that would be one quite interesting way forward is to have this little group of kids. Um, you know, as I say, by the time you get to it, they're going to be sort of in their later teens anyway. So. I think you could actually do quite a reasonable show with Judith played by Kaylee as, as the lead with some of the other kids around and do some sort of nice ensemble sort of thing with them. Like say mm. sort of a Goonies kind of thing with them going on an adventure would be quite a fun and different way of doing it set in this world. Yeah. I mean like I I know the Stranger Things cast are a bit older than these four characters because you've got mm. like uh, Millie Bobby Brown and, and some of the others. Um, and they're, I think, a little bit older than, like, Kaylee is and, and that sort of thing. Um, but that manages to, like, have, was it four or five of the, of the kids from Stranger Things? Yeah. As sort of the lead characters. But then you do have characters like Hopper that are... And then you've got uh, some of, like, the, the older teenage characters, like, um, I think Nan- Nancy's one, one of their yes. names. Um, so that, that balances that out really well. That kind of proves that you can sort of do that. Um, and then you get you, you get like three different kind of age groups almost like sort of young younger adults older adults like with is it Julie the the mum's name I can't quite remember right now um, with uh, w- Will's mum I think she's called Julie uh, or, Joyce or Joyce that's it um, you've got like her in the show so that provides like the adult side of things like with Hopper and everything and then you've got like the uh, yeah the the slightly you know the the young adults and that sort of thing and then you've got because the the show arguably folk I mean L in Stranger Things is the main character basically um so yeah being yeah you see, to see what the walking dead does with all this yeah you see millie millie is actually only 17 and you know so when they started that well that's been going for four seasons so yeah go back four years uh 13 14 15 16 17 so yeah she's she was what 13 when they 13 14 when they started it the others are, yeah. are sort of 18 19 now although they are playing younger characters so I think you know, yeah, you could certainly do it with with those. Um, you know, the the ones that are playing the older teens are actually in their mid twenties, you know. So there's a lot of sort of playing around with the ages a bit. So I I think you could certainly do that with um, Walking Dead and do that sort of group show 
with those characters with the same actors that you have now you know you, it, that would be quite possible to do a show based on those kids mm. um yes you would have older characters around but you know say if they are set in i don't know the commonwealth and the kids go off somewhere, which is sort of the premise that they used for World Beyond. But I mean, maybe you, maybe that's how you do it. You you have the, the group of that group of kids, and maybe you have some of the kids from the World Beyond who are slightly older, sort of the older kids, and as well as a few of the adults. Yeah. And you can come up with something which is a sort of mix of all those would be quite mm-hmm. interesting. The sad thing is, I don't. Uh, this idea that we've got and people have discussed a bit more this week. I don't think AMC wants to do it. I think if mm-hmm. you look at. I think you look if if you look at the um, like commercial side of things. What's more popular if you've got Judith on screen as the main character or Daryl? Well, See, yes, but yeah. we know they're doing that show. They yeah. are already doing a show with Daryl and Carol. We mm. know that. That's so they've that, got that's, that kind that's, of. That's I think where the problem comes in. Is like okay if you've got like Herschel, Gracie, Judith as opposed to like Carol and Daryl, what's going to get more adult eyes on the screen? It's it's going to be if you've well, got Carol and Daryl. Yeah, that is true. But they have got that show coming. So yeah, yeah. From a purely commercial point of view, if you want to widen out that audience, do you want to do then a show that has got the younger characters to maybe have more teen audience come in? That relates to those you know and try and get some of that stranger things audience mm. possibly i don't know yeah so we'll see uh at the commonwealth because uh, i think we're done talking about the the judith stuff yes. and everything uh but really really good stuff i i enjoyed that uh, especially her kind of being a teacher that was just cool even if it only lasted about five seconds <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at the commonwealth uh eugene ezekiel princess and yumiko watch an introductory video on a vhs remember those things and i get because people don't even really use v- v- dvds and blu-rays it's all streaming and, and stuff now so mm-hmm. yeah those those big chunky vhs's um still i think there's some in this room with me actually but anyway of, of some old like disney i have a, uh, I have a whole pile of them <laughs> yes i have i remember i'm old so yeah yeah uh they watch an introductory introductory video on vhs and are given their job assignments and housing information very much a community type of thing eugene worries that the commonwealth intend for them to live there permanently while they would like to get back to their own group at alexandria because their goal wasn't to live here it was just to find stephanie Mm -hmm. um let's pause that there for a second we'll talk about the yumiko thing in a minute um this whole uh video vhs thing really did kind of remind me of lost there's some of those those dharma videos that are very much like that very much not not sort of like come and join dharma but sort of like here's the next testing whatever it was that they used to do on on lost with all that because that was to do with all the hatches and everything wasn't it i think so um yeah what do you think of the uh the, the commonwealth video introduction i thought it was pretty cool yeah, I I like that. You know, it, it gives a good kind of introduction to it. It makes entirely makes sense that that is how they do it. Um, it sort of fits in with the whole vibe of the sort of community thing. Um, it is. I mean, it's interesting with the Commonwealth because anytime something like this has been introduced, there's always been some like really dark, seedy underside to it. Right. Um, you know, so you're sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop. But it seems on the level at the moment. Um, 
I mean, yes, they are strict with their rules. And we, you know, we saw that towards the end of the episode, but that's sort of understandable. You know, they are trying to keep this old world community together in the middle of the, you know, a post-apocalyptic world. So uh, you you have to have strong rules. I don't think that's that unreasonable. And they did break the rules. So... um. That sort of all makes sense. There isn't, at the moment, as far as we can tell, we've seen little bits of it, like the reprogramming thing or the re-education thing, whatever they called it. Um, you know, that that seemed a little bit dubious. So there have been a few bits and pieces, but we've not out and out seen anything like, you know, really horrific from this community yet. Mm. Uh, they're just being very, very strict, which is sort of understandable. So I'm sort of waiting to see where they go with it because you are kind of waiting to see. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, you'd expect something that's really quite horrible to be kind of underlying this whole sort of setup. But um, so we sort of wait and see for that. But as a propaganda video, I think it worked rather well. Mm. So, yeah. Um, what's really interesting about this is a lot of people have speculated for well a long time about okay how is the walking dead going to end is it going to be a rebuild of civilization is it going to be a cure etc etc um i don't think the walking dead's going to go near any sort of cure storyline if 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 you want a zombie story that's got cures involved watch kingdom because that really digs a lot into that uh, more than probably i mean i zombie did it somewhat but kingdom really focuses on that quite a lot especially in its uh second season um black summer doesn't really do that black summer is more about just intense action and like intense scenes and that sort of thing um i think the the other way the show's go the show's going to go the other way with the rebuilding of civilization i mean if you watch that video and you see like people doing jobs and people having like uh houses that they live in and things like that um this also brings back the idea of like currency because that's obviously one way that society and the economy works with you know money yeah. and the value of money and the value of like things again like properties or items and and that sort of thing so yeah this is trying to sort of bring back the idea of like hey yeah you you work <clears throat> you get paid certain money and you have a house that you live in it's just it's a basic civilization sort of thing uh so this is pretty much walking dead's answer to it we just haven't seen the end result what's fun for me as well is i don't know how this works out in the comic book because i haven't read that far so i don't know if i i remember there was there was some sort of little thing with like mercer he had like some sort of plan of something but we haven't seen any hints of that yet we've seen a few little looks from mercer of like he might be up to something but i remember what one of the last bits that i read from the book and this isn't really spoilers because I don't know how it how it works out. He was like talking to somebody about some sort of plan to do something. But we haven't seen anything about that in the show yet. Um, so yeah, there could be some sort of like thing going on with that. But we haven't really seen any of it yet. Uh, obviously we've got like kind of a strict government kind of thing. Which I think is really interesting for Walking Dead to dig into that sort of political aspect. Of like, you know, having rules that get broken. And just, just that general idea of a civilization again i think is uh really cool especially if you look at the types of characters that we've got here apart from maybe yumiko who's a bit more uh, i don't know a bit a bit different to the rest if you look at the characters of princess ezekiel and eugene 
they're all kind of like quirky in their own ways where Yumiko's a yeah. bit more sort of serious and, and that sort of thing so bringing those sorts of characters those three specifically into this type of civilization setting um, of course at this point in the book Michonne is here uh, Michonne basically takes Yumiko's spot and, and vice versa as sort of like the serious character in these situations um, I, I think it's really, really good. I, I like this idea of bringing in bringing in these characters that we're so used to seeing in totally different environments and putting them in this sort of politically run civilization thing again where people have houses and jobs and currencies. Like, we've, we've never seen that in, in The Walking Dead. It's always just been kind of, let's try and survive in this building against the threat, whether it was walkers or something else, and lots and lots of scenes in the woods. That that's what we've had pretty much from Walking Dead. So I'm I'm excited to see what the show's gonna do with this and I'm excited to go back to reading the book and getting a bit more from that. So uh is there is there anything in particular that you've noticed that's kind of like wrong with this place? A sort of that you know what you mentioned before. Yeah, I mean th- that's what I mean. It, they, I'm sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop on it because it anytime something like this that is introduced it's usually there's like you know something horrifically bad that's underpinning it somewhere that's being kept away from these people that seem to be you know living this idealistic life um usually there is something really horrible that sort of underpins it and i you know that may not be the case here but that's sort of your gut feeling is where's the thing that's wrong and other than the kind of re-education thing we saw when they were trying to come in um there's uh, you know the, the rules that they have um don't seem to be overly draconian for it you know they're very much like um, well, you know, we gave you the rules. We let you into this place. You clearly broke them. There will be consequences to it. And, you know, so that's it's not that's not really unreasonable on the part of the Commonwealth, I don't think. And the mm. rules have to be strict because of, you know, what they're protecting. There. So um, I, I don't know. It's I, I, it's difficult. I'm expecting there to be something that's unpleasant coming up. But. He doesn't seem to be anything at the moment that I mean, yes, I, I understand why it is incredibly strict. Um, it does genuinely seem to be what it, it is portraying itself to be right now. Mm. So um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is keep your eyes on Mercer because I don't know if they'll do the same thing that's in the book. And I don't know fully what that is. But uh, <laughs> just keep your eyes on him, I, I think. So... Uh, it seems like Princess has got her eyes uh, on on him as well. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Yumiko reunites with her brother at a local bakery in the same way that Michonne does with her daughter in the comic book. So, uh, again, really good scene, good stuff, just switched around with the characters. Um, <clears throat> what? Uh, we, we, we should really talk a little bit about Ian Anthony Dale's accent, I think. <laughs> is, that the, is that the brother? That's the brother. Um, okay. Ian Anthony Dale, for uh, those of you who are trying to place his face, is from Hawaii Five-0. He's probably where most people know him from. He plays Adam Nashimuri in Hawaii Five-0. But he's been in a million different things. He's been in uh, 24, actually. He was in for a bit. He was in CSI, uh, JAG, um, 
Las Vegas Salvation, the event. I mean, he's popped up in loads of different things. Uh, it's it's the Americans getting revenge on the English, I think, because you know the um, the leads of both fear and of the main walking dead show have both been english playing americans and i think they wanted to shove an american in there playing english um his accent wasn't bad actually but it also wasn't great either there were a few points where i was like he's trying a little too hard i think in Mm. that um so didn't quite manage to pull it off it seems to be harder to do to be american and do english than it is to be english and do american although that could just be my ears of course uh, you know because mm. i'm not american but um yeah i i mean his father is english so i mean he he should have some ability to be able to do uh english accent but um yeah, he's he most definitely sp- speaks normally with an American accent, and uh, so mm. so his English his English accent was a little off. But um, you know, great actor though. So you know, I'm glad he's on the show. Mm. See, with accents and things like that for TV, I I don't really ever pay attention to that sort of stuff. <laughs> I know that really bothers some people. Like if there's like different accents that are weird or whatever. Um, as long as the for me, as long as the dialogue is is good and well written and well delivered. Um, I pretty much never pay attention to. It. I I didn't notice really like anything almost with with right. that. So uh, it's just not something I particularly look for. But um, interesting to know. So yes, uh, that's kind of all it's got written about that. They have a little chat and and other things. Uh, what do you think of uh, that scene itself though? Her walking into the bakery. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the comic book at that point. So um, it's interesting they used pretty much ripped it straight from the comic book but that's nice you know for the comic book readers to see um yeah i thought it was quite sweet the way he kind of because he's just walking out and going okay the cake's frosted shall i go and drop and then just drops it um but uh yeah no it's it's nice to see some good news on the walking dead for a change yeah yeah so that's good uh eugene gets familiar with the commonwealth while walking around uh with the woman introduced to him as stephanie uh eugene tells her um that he'd like to radio um back to his uh group at home but stephanie reveals that the radios are labeled as government property and that getting authorized to use them is a process that could take um says here five weeks i don't remember that specifically but that's what it says and then there's a bit about princess and mercer we'll talk about in a second um yeah i wasn't getting any sort of this person is fake um sort of sort of feeling I mean, she's been quoted or she's been like portrayed everywhere as being Stephanie in inverted commas um, whenever anybody writes about her. Because I don't think anybody actually believes that is Stephanie. Um, But at the moment, it's not being obvious on screen. I mean, if you hadn't read all the background stuff, it wouldn't have been obvious on screen. I don't think that that wasn't Stephanie unless you're very good with voices and you could realize that it's a different person, different voice, the one you heard on the radio, but even Eugene doesn't seem to notice that. So, you know, um, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, if you were just watching the show, there's no reason to think this isn't Stephanie. Uh, but I think a lot of people, if you've been crowd stuff, are expecting this to turn out not to be Stephanie. So mm. we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I was kind of relying on 
Eugene's reaction because, as you said, he's he's a very smart person, um, and he didn't seem to notice that much was off, unless he was too distracted by the ice cream. I well, don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anything did appear to be off. Um, based on exactly on what we saw on screen, she appears to be Stephanie. She did, you know, because they go and try and use the radio, and uh, she takes them there to do that which you would think would be something that, you know, Stephanie would do for them because, you know, she's had this long relationship with Eugene, so why wouldn't she? Um, But I don't think anybody is convinced that she is actually Stephanie at this point, Uh, certainly. uh, But there's no reason, as I say, there's no reason on screen to think that right now because Mm. she's acting as you would expect Stephanie to act. So that's kind of interesting if they are going to come with a reveal to say, oh, actually, she's not Stephanie. Stephanie's this other person. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. What do, you, do you think she's fake? What, what do you think is going on? Based on what was on screen, no. Uh, based on all the stuff that I've been reading around it, yes, I think it possibly is. But as I say, they've not signposted that on screen at all. So I'm I'm not sure because if if she is fake, I don't know why she would have taken them to the radio unless that was some sort of test to see whether they would break the rules or not. Mm. But I don't know. Funny thing is with that is she gets in trouble as well. Well, yeah, so, but sort she of gets, gets in trouble. She gets taken away separately from the rest of them. Because mm. so, of the citizenship, citizenship stuff and, and all yeah. that. So. So I I don't know um, I, unless it was it was some sort of ploy to try and get more information about Eugene and the group, you know, and and where Alexandria was. Maybe it was something some sort of ploy to try and do that. Um, and of course, if she isn't Stephanie, we don't know who the real Stephanie is, and you know where she is, where she is, and why she wouldn't be there if that is the case you know presumably she's somebody very high up if that is the case because mm. you know and and she's somebody in control trying to get more information but i yeah. don't know yeah so uh during all this happens uh princess distracts mercer uh while eugene and stephanie contact rosita and judith back at alexandra although the connection dies as eugene and stephanie are arrested Eugene, Princess, and Ezekiel are threatened with uh, deportation. I think this might be the first time we've heard that word on The Walking Dead. Uh, from the Commonwealth, but are saved by Stephanie as she uh, kind of calls in a favour. This other guy comes in and says to let them go and everything like that. And he explains different sort of like citizenship rules and, and whatever. A bit, bit of a comment on like I think immigration there and how, how some of those different things work in the Commonwealth. Uh, what do you think of uh, Princess and Mercer? Do you think there's anything there? Uh, oh, I don't know. I think it'd be nice if there was somewhere further down the line. Assuming Mercer turns out to be a decent guy, but yeah, hopefully. Um, we mm. don't know at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, again, you get this sort of, if that isn't Stephanie, you sort of feel like there's somebody higher up that's controlling 
things you know a bit like the the wizard in the wizard of oz you know you kind of feel like there is somebody behind the curtains somewhere uh, and maybe that's the real stephanie maybe that's the person that is in control of all this and she's sort of out of the way you know and everybody else is sort of foot soldiers and that's why you know if this isn't the real stephanie that's why this stephanie is kind of there and um trying to help them out because it's weird that that she gets this guy who was the guy from the video to come and release them i mean i don't quite understand hmm. why that happened either yeah yeah and i don't have any comic book answers to that so mm-hmm. yeah um so that all happens with those so that's all the commonwealth stuff really interesting um, I quite liked what they did there. I don't know about like Princess and Mercer if something's going to happen. Obviously, her goal was to distract him anyway, not to actually flirt with him. But it sort of turned into flirting. So, we shall see. But there's people already shipping them after like a two-second scene. So, because people like to do that. Of course. Which, which is fun. Which fun and fine and all that good stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all, all it takes sometimes is a look between two characters. And uh, people are already talking about them. So, uh, that's cool. Um, at the satellite outpost, Maggie and Negan, um, best of friends, arrive to find that uh, nobody else uh, regrouped there. They're entirely on their own together. Maggie promises that the rest of them will come in time, but Negan is sceptical, uh, saying that if the rest don't arrive by sundown, they aren't coming. Later, as Negan prepares to give up and go home, uh, Maggie aggressively stops him before Gabriel arrives with Elijah. He's fine, by the way, Elijah. Uh, they decide to wait for Daryl and Frost to regroup with them. That might take a little while. That, mm-hmm. that, that, that might take more than a couple of minutes, uh, given Daryl's situation and Frost's situation as well. Uh, good to know Elijah's fine. He wasn't the burnt walker that was on the... Uh, Judas, Jadis. Yes, I, can't remember what I it was never thought he was. Yeah, yes. I, I, I didn't either, but some people did. So uh, we have that cleared up. So he's the one that has the uh, the mask on, isn't he? The one who's apparently a, a character from the video game. So right, which, yeah. which still well, I find strange, but he's a cool <laughs> character anyway. So I, I just never thought the Walking Dead would do that, but here we are. But it's it's worked out anyway. Um, I'll admit when because I I I said I think I said last week or on one of the episodes for this season. I don't think Negan or Maggie will kill each other. I I was almost like my mind was almost changed in these scenes because they started like pushing and shoving each other, and all it takes is for somebody to shove somebody else a bit too much, and then the other person to retaliate, and then you you might end up with a, a bigger scuffle. And not that I necessarily thought one of them might die, but it was one of them situations where they started arguing, they started shoving each other, and I thought, hmm, if no one shows up this could like get really ugly but then of course like the other the other people do show up um so it was a little bit one that had me on edge slightly of i thought like not necessarily that one of them might kill each other but then they might start like full-on fighting because that was a possibility because they just kept disagreeing about what to do for the mission uh what do you think of the maggie and uh, negan confrontation yeah, I mean, th- this has been boiling for a while. So, a long time. Yeah. You know, we I, and, and I never thought they were going to kill each other. I, it's just not going to happen this way at the moment. Um, I think it's you're going to have to have this kind of relationship between the pair of them, and, and I'm sure it will get resolved at some point. Um, I, you know, it's entirely understandable why Maggie feels that way. 
Um, it's entirely understandable why Maggie feels that way. It's entirely understandable why Negan's kind of sick of being treated that way as well because he has changed as a person. So, yeah, I mean, um, I didn't think they were going to kill each other, but it was interesting to sort of see the the, the bit where they're walking along and Maggie kind of kills the walker by throwing a knife and it sort of whistles past Negan's head, I thought was really yeah. awesome. Yeah, and he's looking at her like, really? <laughs> Because they're just having the conversation about, like, why haven't you put me down yet? And, I, and she sort of says, I keep wondering that myself, and sort of throws the knife right past his head. Yeah, yeah. C- could have slipped and missed. And, and, yeah. and hit him straight in the head, and then that would have been that. So, um, but I, I was just thinking about, like, okay, what if one of them just pushes the other too far, like physically too far, the falls over, and then one of them reaches for something, or I don't know, a, a number of things could have happened. So... Um, but uh, yeah, good to know Elijah is okay. Uh, good to see Gabriel again. And uh, what do you think of the others showing back up and Elijah coming back? Well, yeah, I mean, we didn't get a whole lot from this group this time around, but I, no. I think that's fine. I, you know, they've got enough going on with the the Alexandrian stuff and the Commonwealth stuff. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see the sort of Maggie and Negan things. Now the others are there. There's going to be more of them sort of waiting around to see whether the others show up, which, of course, we know Daryl's not going to. Um, and uh, did Frost die? I can't remember which one Frost was. I don't think he died. Okay. I don't remember him getting taken out of that prison, though. Unless he did, and I forgot. I but can't remember. F- Frost is basically just a red shirt to us. Yeah, so... so... Yeah, in but fact, yes. I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about him until his name was mentioned here. <laughs> so. um, but yes, we know Daryl's not going to show up because um, yeah, he's with the other group right now. I mean, mm. obviously, he's he, he's there to try and take them down, but, but I mean, he is with you. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear something funny? I saw some people saying that, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I read some stupid comments online, so uh, not necessarily that this is stupid, but... Yeah, um, I saw some people saying that like, oh, there was like sexual tension between Maggie and Negan, and I'm like, what are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, I didn't think it was going to be one of the, you know, one of them aggressive scenes where like a couple has an argument, then they start. Oh, and they... Like that. I, 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 I wasn't reading that at all. I don't. Yeah, know I don't see that. Yeah, I don't see that at all. No, that would be that would actually be really out of place. Really, yeah, strange. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, again, nothing wrong with that. That's fine if you want to think that that's what's going on. Uh, but anyway, um, but yes, yeah, good to know Elijah is okay, and we'll see if Frost is okay soon. Uh, I think next week is a Connie bottle episode. I kept seeing some pictures and stuff, so we'll see. Right. Because I was going to say what happens with this group next week, but who knows what we might see. Anyway, uh, let's move on to Aaron, Carol, and uh, Lydia. Sorry, Errol, Aaron, Carol, Lydia. And Jerry arrive at the hilltop, uh, broken and destroyed, completely just, yeah, broken from the Whisperer's attack when they shot all those fire things o- over the fence and everything. So from uh, the from when Negan was there with the attack. But now we know why he was there, which is the alpha thing. So uh, the group scavenges through the rubble when Lydia notices walkers uh, circling the way that the Whisperers used to herd them. They go over to investigate, find one Whisperer still alive who insists that he's the only one left. Aaron doesn't believe him, very Rick-like, and thinks he should be uh, killed, while Lydia voices that he could be telling the truth, because she's a bit more familiar with how the Whisperers work, because she used to to be one. Uh, They take the Whisperer to the hilltop dungeons, where they find several 
other people hiding uh, in there. In an attempt to protect his allies, the first Whisperer lunges at Aaron with a knife, uh, allowing the other Whisperers to escape. Aaron and Jerry uh, proceed to uh, interrogate him, the Whisperer, and threaten him with a walker. Uh, with Lydia refusing to watch, Aaron lets the Whisperer um, become bitten by the walker. I think, does he rip his uh, fingers off or something? I think so, I, yeah. I think so, yeah. Uh, threatening him with the walker and Lydia refusing to watch. Aaron lets the Whisperer uh, become bitten by the walker until Carol kills the walker and begs Aaron not to journey down the vengeful path she followed during the Whisperer War when Henry was killed after, of course, that uh, beheading episode. Uh, Aaron spares the Whisperer who amputates his arm and reveals... Uh, to the fore that Connie is still alive and then they proceed to go and find her even though was it Aaron that suggested it to go the next morning but Carol's like no we have to go now so yeah uh, lots of things to talk about here um, this kind of happens in the comic book a little bit um, There's a, I, I didn't think the show would actually do anything to do with this but there is a little part of the comic book slightly after the Whisperer War where like a few of them are still about um, I just didn't. I didn't talk about it because I didn't think the show was going to bother with it. I thought they were just going to focus on the Reapers and the Commonwealth. But I'm kind of glad they went back to this a little bit. I can't remember if it's the same thing that happens or the same characters. Of course, you've not got people like Jerry and uh, I can't remember if Lydia's in the book. Um, but Jer- I don't think Jerry is. Uh, and Carol's like long dead by this point anyway. So, um, but yeah, they they managed to do a little piece of this, and I think they did it kind of in the right way where. I don't think this is going to like stick around. I don't know if we're going to revisit these characters again. They've been sort of left to live at this burnt hilltop place. Um, but uh, what do you think of these scenes with uh, Aaron and everything? It's an interesting little follow-up to go back and see sort of the aftermath of that war. And, you know, they they go and find the bits that they need, but then to find the Whisperers there, which sort of makes sense because, I mean, we know that that group of Whisperers that people were quite often just with the whisperers for safety as safety in numbers and you know didn't really believe the philosophy you know as lydia said these people weren't part of the inner circle or anything they weren't like necessarily true believers of it and the guy says you know we are we were there for safety um and uh, i i guess in a situation like this you possibly do if you find a big group like that, you maybe you fall in with them and yes, they're strange and yes, they do these weird things. But if that's how, what keeps you safe in the middle of an apocalypse, then maybe that's what you do, you know? Mm, yeah. So it's sort of understandable. Um, and now they're out of that. They aren't necessarily a threat. He's just, um, I mean, he made the guy makes some mistakes. I mean, trying to then kill Aaron or, you know, attack Aaron let the others escape uh, doesn't bode well particularly for that you're telling the truth um that was probably not a sensible thing to do and uh then you know we paid the consequences for that because he lost his hand so hmm. um and the scene between aaron and carol where she kind of basically sort of says you know don't go down this road i think it was sort of interesting because you know she has the experience of that um I so think- yeah so go on. Uh, and and I was just going to say it's it's used really more as a device, I think, for them to get the information that Connie's still alive as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it works pretty well for that. That's sort of like the next 
piece to this, isn't it? Is to go mm-hmm. off and find Connie that's been missing for however many episodes. I mean, we've had a rough idea of where she is because of that post. Was it a post credit scene? I can't quite remember. Or the scene that was at the end of last season. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I can see where Carol's coming from, but I don't think she's necessarily right. Because I think sometimes, again, you've got to put the lens of this world on if you're if you're going to like look at consequences and the way that people act in this world. It's just not the same as the way that people would act in this day and age, or at least not some people. Um, I can see what she means about like you don't want to go down this dark path, but I think Carol's got to realise Aaron's intentions. I don't think she really looks quite at that so much. Of like, Carol needs to kind of not really realize or remember but kind of be aware that okay these are still their enemies like okay this guy's giving you some information and stuff but he's still an enemy of you and that's what i think aaron's trying to look at so i can see carol's point i just don't think that she's lining that up with aaron's point of view Uh, but then you can also kind of see lydia's part which is she knows what it's kind of like to be in that situation because she wasn't all in on the whole cult Mm -hmm. aspect it was just because you know her her mother was leading the group and she didn't really have a choice uh so i can see i can see all three of their like viewpoints on it and obviously lydia doesn't want to be involved because like these things probably used to happen to her or somebody that was in that group that was like not quite as fair maybe um because this this whisperer person doesn't quite seem the same as like an alpha type he seems that somebody's just okay he happens to have survived all the attack and everything uh, yeah, he's got the bad intention of like when he tries to cut Aaron, but that's like a, I suppose just a, a survival thing from his point. So, yeah. Also, by the way, Aaron got like cut on his belly, and then it had like no effect on him. <laughs> yes. So, because I was like, oh, has he been like not like had his belly sliced open in the same way that I think his name was Spencer? Do you remember when Negan cut yeah, that guy's? Yeah, yeah. yeah, not not in that kind of way, but like. Yeah, what, what, Walking Dead can do that sometimes, where it'll injure a character, and then the next episode or the next scene, even, it like won't be a problem. I remember, I remember when Rick really badly damaged his hand in season 7 or 8 or something, and, uh, no, it was in season 6, that was the same episode as the uh, Glenn dumpster thing, because uh, Rick was trying to escape from like an RV, and he did, Rick did this thing, I remember he tried to like stab a walker in the head and he cut his hand by accident, and I remember everyone saying, like, oh, is this going to be, like, Rick losing his hand? And in the next episode, he had no injury. <laughs> um, so it's it's one of them things, again, where, like, this, I don't know. So um, unless it was such a small cut on Aaron that it just didn't really matter. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, what, do you, what do you think of, like, Carol's viewpoint in terms of hers as opposed to Aaron's and, like, how that lines up with Lydia's sort of thing? Um. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I, I see where he, where Aaron's coming from. Uh, I also see where Carol's coming from, and I see where Lydia's coming from. It comes down to whether you believe this guy or not. And I mean, personally, sure. I do. I think, I think it, he, he was just trying to survive. And yeah, it was stupid of him to try and like stab Aaron to escape or slice at Aaron to escape, but. Um, cause that, you know, when you're trying to convince that you've got good intentions doing that, he's not going to convince anybody. So, you know, that was probably not the sensible thing to do, mm. but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with Carol of, you don't want to go around just torturing people, you know, and, but it, 
I, I get why he felt that way. Um, you know, because he's he's had that disturbing dream and he sees everything as a threat. Um, so he, Aaron was probably in the wrong in that in this particular instance, but mm. it's it's interesting because it, you do get these three very different points of view represented there. Yeah, I just think in terms of Carol, like. Okay, I see her her point about okay, you don't want to go doing that kind of stuff, but sometimes in this world you have to. Um, but then I get her viewpoint about like the path that she went down, and she just doesn't want the same thing to happen to Aaron. But in this situation, Aaron kind of needs to do that. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, what else do we want to talk about here? Uh, yeah, Connie. Obviously, we we know kind of where she's gotten off to. Um, what do you think of the difference? Uh, like options here because carol's like we want to go straight away and aaron is like okay let's just go first thing the next morning i'm with aaron um on the fact that like if they start traveling now and it gets too late and then it gets really dark that's not a good way to start looking for things in this world uh what where do you kind of stand on when they should go to look for connie well, I I got the impression that at the end, Carol sort of nods in agreement that they should go in the morning. So I, I thought because they were sort of saying, um, you know, uh, that the, it'll be dark by the time that they get back. So I, I thought they were going to go for it in the morning. Mm. Do you think Carol's going to do that or do you think she's going to uh Well, whether, <laughs> I don't know whether she'll like sneak out on her own because obviously she does feel kind of guilty about it, so maybe she will. But yeah, um, yeah, because of the whole we'll cave situation. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think she sneaks off on her own, maybe. So we'll see. Which I think we do get to see next week because I think Connie's uh, episode is is next week. The one with is it Vir- Virgil? His name is um, right. Yes, the one was the one that was with all the scenes with uh, with Michonne. So um, we shall see where all that goes. Uh, but a pretty good end to the episode. Um, and uh, yeah, really enjoyed this one. So uh, let's move on to some feedback, emails and whatnot. If you'd like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, all that kind of thing. Uh, either about anything we've talked about to do with The Walking Dead or anything you'd like to talk about with the show itself. Uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Sorry, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter, eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Claire starts off. Says, been listening for a while and now writing in. You're very welcome. Uh, with The Walking Dead teasing the young characters and their scenes very often, this was refreshing to see. My question is, why doesn't The Walking Dead show these characters more? First question, scheduling, budget, something else. The Walking Dead also hasn't used any emotional weight uh, for Judith or RJ's characters, considering Rick and Rick, Cole and Michonne's departures. Uh, we kind of got a little bit of that with, with this episode, with the whole um, the handprint things. But yeah, the show yeah. hasn't really used... She hasn't really even mentioned Rick or Carl on Michonne that much since they've even left. So I get the, your your kind of viewpoint here. Um, I just kind of... Because, yeah, there's a question about, like, why aren't the young characters showing off a bit more? And then she says, is it, is it a question of scheduling, budget, something else? Um, I just think at the end of the day, given the fact that AMC's greenlit a Daryl spin-off, I just think that they think in terms of like popularity and what brings in the money and what brings in the eyes like the viewers people that are watching the show isn't like okay let's give judith more scenes it's hey daryl is our big main character so is ezekiel so is you know carol and jerry and all these other characters so we're gonna have them on screen more because i'll still stick to what i've said in the past of 
The Walking Dead's just not really ever done that much great with young characters because they've killed most of them off. That's that's been their result of what do we do with these young, even like the young teenager ones like Carl and uh, like Judith. Uh, sorry, not Judith. Uh, Enid, of just okay, we're gonna kill these characters off. And yes, there was something very particular with the Carl one, but um, I mean, you look back at like Sophia and uh, what were the two? What were the two twins? What were the twins called? That uh, like the look at the flowers. Oh, uh, the names uh, completely escaped me. Uh, yeah, Liz- no, I can't Lizzie, remember. I know. Lizzie and Mika. That was it. Yeah. Uh, like they died, and then Henry and uh, what was his brother's name? Ben was it? Both of those died, even after you had a recasting of like Henry being older. He still died. Um, I mean, you know, you want to talk about young characters? Just ask the Lynch family. <laughs> Yeah, you know, about all of that because that's what Sophia. I think that's Sophia, Henry, and Ben. Is it? I can't remember specifically, but I know that the uh, Sophia actress was one of those. Um, um but yeah, because then you got like Ben, and then you got like yeah, the younger. Tr- and I have the older interviewed all three. Yeah. So, um, yeah. If you want to talk about young characters, just ask that family <laughs> how how all that goes. Yeah. They they won't tell you it ends very well. Um, what do you think? Why do you think we don't get to see like more of the young characters, or they've killed so many of them off? What, what do you think is the uh, the, the situation? Um, well, I mean, I think the reason that they don't show them as much is purely the fact that Walking Dead has so many characters and they aren't the leads. I, I mean, more yeah. than anything else, I think that's what it is. I mean, if you look look at the people that are in the main titles, it's you know. Daryl, Carol, Maggie, Rosita, Eugene, Gabriel, Aaron, Ezekiel, Jerry, Aiden, um, Alden, and Negan are actually uh, the the starring people. I mean, Yumiko is actually under also starring. Judith is the only one out of that that's under the auto starring as well. Um, so they just aren't their supporting cast. I mean, that's why they've not used them as much. Plus, you have limited hours that you can work with with the children. Um, I mean, from a purely practical point of view, you aren't allowed to work long hours with kids. I mean, you know, because they have to do schoolwork and they have to, you know, they're practical things with child actors. That mm. that So there is going to be a certain amount of that uh, that makes it slightly more difficult. But ultimately, they aren't the leads of the show. So, you know, the fact that, I mean, I, I, you look at the you know how they've spread people out i mean we've had episodes this season which you know you've had one which was basically daryl um you've had some episodes which have purely been um you know the 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 group going to uh find supplies you've had episodes where we've not seen any of the people at the commonwealth and some of those are the league cast so they're just it's time more than anything else i don't think it's anything particular about necessarily the the kids i think they're just a lot of characters in the show and you want to focus on the ones which are your lead characters which is sort of daryl cavill maggie negan you know Mm. ezekiel those are the ones that you want to be focusing on yeah I'm not saying like AMC's got something against children. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it just it just hasn't worked out for young characters on this show. 
No, no. I mean, they do kill off a lot of young characters, but I think in this sort of world, that sort of makes sense because they are probably the easier prey, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, there have been a few points where kids have done dumb things and they've got, and that's got them killed. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's not that AMC has anything against your kids. I think that's entirely believable that in a, this sort of world, the young world, uh, there are going to be a lot of young characters that are going to die. Uh, it's just the way of this particular world, you know. So, mm. yeah. So we shall see what happens with that. Um, yeah, uh, Abed. Uh, moving on from that, Abed says. Uh, so, do we still think Stephanie is fake? Was she trying to get Eugene caught? Do you think uh, Eugene and Stephanie will be a success? I'm still going with. I just think that that's normal, Stephanie. That's just my kind of opinion based on what I've seen, and I've I haven't really read much of like the behind the scenes stuff or whatever that uh, I think you said that you maybe had. Well, yeah, I mean, um, from the bits and pieces I've read, I don't think it is, but. Um, from everything, if I'd just been watching it on screen, I would have no reason not to believe that that is Stephanie. Um, mm. Because they have shown nothing on screen that really tells you anything other than that is Stephanie. But um, so, so there's no reason why you wouldn't believe that. So to say, the only thing would be if you're very good with like understanding voices and you realise the voice is different. So, uh, I, you know, I, I don't think it is, but hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, Darren says, because uh, we already kind of talked about the Stephanie stuff a little bit. Darren says, uh, what do you think the goal is with Yumiko and her brother? Is it just the show's way of filling in the Michonne story, or is it too early to tell? Um in the, in the book with the Michonne daughter stuff, it's, it's quite a long part of them just catching up. And um, I can't remember her, her daughter's name. I'll get it next time I go back to read the book. And uh, she's like, oh, you kind of left me and, and this sort of thing. And um, there's this piece of dialogue kind of between them where um, Michonne's telling her, like, it's okay that you, like, kind of hate me and these sorts of things because of what, like, Michonne did. Uh, which we're not going to see any of that in the in the, in the show. Um, with the whole Yumiko brother, not only is that a completely different relationship because it's not mother daughter, it's um, brother and sister. I don't know. I don't know if they'll come up with some different stuff. Or of course you've got like the lawyer angle with uh, with uh, with Yumiko. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of have to see how that goes. But e- even that's the thing with me. Even if I read more of the comic book like today or whatever. And I saw how um, Michonne and her daughter's story would go. That might end up different anyway, just because you have two different characters that are that are occupying the same story. Um, I don't think that it holds as much emotional weight as because it's really, really like an emotional scene when Michonne sees her daughter again. Uh, whether it's just because like that that mother daughter bond is arguably stronger than like a sibling relationship. Um, but we don't really, I don't think we really know enough yet, because you said, is it too early to tell? I don't think we really know enough yet about, okay, I, I mean, we've only had like one scene between these two characters, so we don't know where that's kind of going or that, that, that kind of thing. Because I don't think you can really do the same story with 
Yumiko and her brother as opposed to Michonne and, and the daughter. So um, I don't know. What, what do you think of what they're doing with that? Well, I mean, I don't know the story from the comic book, so I can't really comment on, on that side of things. But yeah, I, I I mean, I would assume that the sibling relationship isn't quite as, as um, deep as necessarily the relationship between the mother and the daughter would have been um but i i mean I, i'm i'm interested to see what they do with tommy the brother because um they made a point of mentioning the fact that although he's baking cakes he is actually a surgeon so mm. that i think will probably come into play somewhere down the line i do wonder whether that will come into play in saving ezekiel possibly mm. or whether that it comes out that maybe he lied somewhere along the way to get into the Commonwealth because, you know, they give you jobs based on what your past life was. And the fact is that if he was a surgeon, why is he working in a cake shop? Mm. You know? Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where that story is going to go, but there's obviously a purpose for that character being there. And I, it's either going to be, I don't know, either to save somebody, I suspect, or it could be something that the fact that he's hiding something causes problems down the line. You know, the fact that he's hiding the, the what his profession was or something causes issues. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he is a surgeon, good luck to him because pretty much all the doctors on this show end up. (laughs) Yes. I mean, they haven't got one at the moment, have they? I don't think so. No, we've had sort of people that have been sort of semi-trained, but nobody's nobody's actually a doctor doctor. They've all. Yeah, they're, they're doctors that are about as safe as children on this series. Yeah. If you're a doctor or a child or a. Uh, or in Enid's case, because she was kind of a surgeon that was a younger teenager. Uh, good luck. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but because the last ones that we had were what Dante and Sadiq, I think. Yeah. Uh, and both of those are dead. So, uh, by the way, at, at, this is one this smaller point that I forgot to mention. At this point in the book, um, I remember there's a scene in the book where Sophia, remember Sophia. Uh, she gets adopted by I think it's uh, Maggie that adopts her, yeah, because Carol like died ages and ages ago. Uh, it's basically a situation where Sophia lives on a bit longer, but Carol, who's a different version of that character, dies way back in the prison. Um, she catches Dante and Maggie trying to like sleep together and stuff, and she gets kind of freaked out about it and wonders like, do you still love Glenn? And she has to sort of explain like Maggie has to sort of explain the situation. Uh, we don't have anything close to that because obviously Dante's not only did he turn out to be bad, but he's dead. And the person that Maggie's currently hanging out with or in in a scene with is Negan, and that's not going to really happen with Negan. So uh, and plus, yeah. also Sophia, who was involved in that, is also dead. So big, <laughs> uh, big, big changes there. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's the that's the remixes that are kind of interesting as well, where you sort of don't have characters, and is it going to be a case where you fill that in? with other characters like with Yumiko or you just going to pretty much leave it so yeah uh, but that's everything we've got for you for this episode of the Walking Dead UK podcast I think we've got a Connie episode as I said and we shall see how that goes that is a bottle episode that I am because well, I think we're all kind of curious about what's going on with her what's Virgil's plan and like how is she sort of thing mm-hmm. uh, so I think we're a bit more interested in that one than the, the Daryl episode that we got so we'll see how all that goes uh, it might do you think it might involve 
Carol and everyone. Seems they're on the, they're kind of on their way. Maybe we might see them towards the end, possibly. Towards the maybe. end, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Depends if Virgil lives. Like they might kill him because he's captured Connie, or I don't know. We shall see. We'll see what happens next week. Of course, if you've got AMC Plus, you've probably already seen the episode. So. Anyway, uh, thanks very much for listening. You can find all the other content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. That's TV, video games, films, Manchester United podcasts. Remember, uh, later today, we've got the game against West Ham. Probably put out a different team. We'll see what that ends up being like. Um, We've got Ted Lasso on Friday again. Then another football game on Saturday. And then next week, uh, No Time to Die comes out, I think, as well. Uh, One of my friends told me that film is 2 hours 45 minutes, which seems insane for a James Bond film. But uh, we'll see how all that works out. But you can check out all that content and, of course, everything else that we've done, entertainmenttalk.org. You can also find us if you search for Entertainment Talk on your favourite podcast platform. So please uh, feel free to do that as well. Also, if you want uh, YouTube video notifications, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. You don't even necessarily need to click on the videos. Just use them as kind of notifications and then check the website after that. However you want to use that, you can do that as well. Uh, If you want to support the podcast and Entertainment Talk, you can uh, simply check out more episodes that we've done either on the website or check us out on podcast platforms. Get subscribed to us over there if you'd like to do that. You can also use word of mouth and social media and uh, let other people know about the content that we've got, uh, what we do and where they can find that content. Either word of mouth, social media, Facebook, Twitter, that kind of different stuff. Uh, Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Check that out as well if you'd like to. Uh, for your TV and film news, uh, you can check out David's website, Geek Town, the Credit UK, and Geek Town Radio. Uh, Geek Town Radio posts on Tuesdays. There's a new episode from yesterday to listen to, so go and check that one out. I shall tweet that link out today as well, so look out for that. That's Geek Town, and Geek Town Radio for all of your TV and film news. If you want to find Bex on Twitch, uh, streaming very regularly, you can also do that. Trista Bytes, Trista, B Y T E S. Go and give her a follow over there for all of her. Uh, very very good stuff over there on twitch if you want to find me on twitch streaming different video games as well you can do that uh etalk uk over on twitch you can find those streams and if you want to find the streams archived on youtube uh later same youtube channel entertainment talk plays you can find both of those things over there so check that out as well thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye bye